as you know, this is UMW Sunday. 2019 is the 150th year for UMW, or United Methodist Women. Our unit hosted the, the spring district meeting in March, and we had a birthday party. In March 1989, I'm sorry, 1869, on a stormy night, in Boston, two wives of missionaries to India, home on furlough, called a meeting because of the concern of women and children lacking education and health care. Due to the weather, only eight women attended. That was the beginning of UMW. In the fall, they sent a woman doctor and a woman educator to India and eventually a hospital and a school were established. They are still in existence today. As the, as the ribbon says, it started with two pennies and a prayer. That is our legacy. UMW is a group of all-inclusive Christian women who play our roles in the church, our homes, our community, and in our world. Today, you're going to hear about some of the women of the Bible from the Old Testament and others are from the New Testament, and they are God's gift to you and to everyone. Let them share with you. Let them encourage you. Let them counsel you. Let them show you the best way, God's way, to handle every day and every difficulty. As we hear their stories, let's try to see how we can relate our lives to uh, their lives to ours, helping us to understand how their roles and ours become one through faith in God, the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at Eve, the first woman in the Bible. When Eve disobeyed God, she was forgiven. She then experienced the thrill of birth, the sorrow of death, and it is through all of this she was thankful. And we can be thankful too. Thankful that we can trust God for what has gone before and rise above our mistakes because God forgives. It's interesting that God did not create Eve from Adam's head so that she would be over him, but from his rib, so that she would be by his side. She should be his helper. Thank you, Eve. Next, you will meet Sarah, who is called the mother of nations. 19 or 29 centuries before Christ, God called Abraham and Sarah out of their native Ur to travel to the land of Canaan, which God had promised Abraham. God also promised Abraham an heir, but Sarah remained childless. In one of those she-did-what moments, Sarah gave her maid Hagar to Abraham to bear him a son. The son was named Ishmael, and when Sarah was 90 years old, she miraculously had a son whom she named Isaac. In spite of her joy at her son's birth, Sarah harbored so much jealousy and hate toward her maid Hagar and Hagar's son Ishmael. These terrible feelings colored her life and set in motion the tension between Arabs and Jews 
that has continued down through history. So what can we learn from Sarah for our everyday lives? Try to imagine the sheer beauty of our faith when we allow God to lead us deeper trust into a deeper trust in him. Thank you, Sarah. In Genesis 24, God presents Rebecca, a stunning woman of faith and service, chosen as the wife of Isaac because of her many virtues. This came about when Isaac's servant was sent to seek a wife. He stopped at a well to rest and prayed, asking God to bring a woman who would offer him a drink of water. And before he had finished speaking to the Lord, Rebekah came out with a pitcher. She exhibited many sterling qualities in her attitudes and actions that day by the well. She took Elzer to her parents' home, and there Abraham's servant refused to eat until he had stated his business. He believed God had led him to Rebekah and that she was the one to be Isaac's wife. Rebecca's faith in God evidenced itself as she said, I will go. Talking is one thing, action is another, and action has always been a measure of true faith. Rebecca added her name to God's roll call of the truly faithful when she stepped out, trusting in him, and said, I will go. Through her remarkable life's journey with its hills and valleys, you and I learn many life messages. Thank you, Rebecca. In Exodus 2, 4, it reads, And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. This sister of Moses was Miriam. Miriam was a 12-year-old girl who undoubtedly adored her new baby brother. For three months, she helped her mother, Jechabod, hide little Moses and care for him as their family defied the Pharaoh's order to kill every newborn Hebrew boy. Eventually, her mother placed the infant into a floating basket that she set out in the water among the reeds. As Miriam grew to adulthood, she never married or bore children, so we see her devoting her heart, her love, her wit, her energy to God and to helping her brothers, Moses and Aaron, lead the Jewish nation out of oppression of the Egyptian Pharaoh and into freedom of the Lord. This was the time when the Red Sea parted. When they got to the other side, there was great rejoicing, singing, and dancing, most led by Miriam. She is the first female prophet named in the Bible. So what could be Miriam's message for us in this day and age? She teaches us by example through her life to serve others, to serve family, to serve God, and to assist others in their love and worship of God. Thank you, Miriam. This is Ruth. She is one of two women to have a book in the Bible named for her. By this account of Ruth starts with knowing Naomi. Because of severe famine, Naomi and her two sons had left Bethlehem and gone to Moab. There her two sons married foreign women, Ruth and Orpha. When these husbands of Ruth and Orpha both died, Naomi longed to go back to her native homeland of Bethlehem. Ruth unselfishly decided to stay with her mother-in-law, Naomi. Ruth said, wherever you go, I will go. Where you lodge, 
I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Ruth gave up everything, her family, her friends, her people, to follow Naomi back to Bethlehem. One day Ruth happened to come to part of a field belonging to Boaz. Yes, she ventured into the field to gather grain left by the harvesters and met Boaz. Ruth's patience, humility, and hard work are rewarded in marriage to Boaz, a man of honor and a good reputation. There were many other events, but for now, just marvel at God's watch and care, his leading guidance and provision for his child, Ruth. Thank you, Ruth. Some 24 centuries ago, Esther was a young Jewish girl living in Persia. King Xerxes chose her as his new wife, and she soon played a starring role in the salvation of her people. She kept her Jewish ancestry and her devotion to God a secret because the Jews in Persia were being held captive. When she learned of a plot that was planned to kill all the Jews, she knew she must go to the king. This could mean instant death, but she felt she had to plead for her people's lives. Her courage, rooted in faith, empowered Esther to boldly say, If I perish, I perish. Both the urgent need to act on behalf of God's people and her fearless faith in God inspired Esther's heroism. The result? Esther's life was spared, and so were God's people. And for us, do we ever remember the goodness of the Lord? Remembering Christmas, Easter, spiritual birthdays, and your own baptismal date are our other opportunities to commemorate and thank God for his involvement in our lives. Sometimes God brings us into a situation that will serve him and others for such a time as this, so that you can turn your adversity, problems, weakness, sorrow, or grief into a special opportunity to do something wonderful for God and others. Thank you, Esther. From the New Testament, we meet Elizabeth. We learn that she was a woman blessed by God with a heritage of kinsmen who loved God. As we look at the life of Elizabeth, we catch a glimpse of how family heritage and faithful training in the truths about God were passed on to her, prepared and equipped her to walk bravely through a difficult and pain-filled life. Elizabeth and husband Zacharias were both growing old and still had a strong desire to have children, which had not happened. They both continued to keep the faith, even though it was a terribly hard journey. Then a miracle happened. As Zacharias performed his priestly duty at the temple, a glorious messenger of the Lord suddenly appeared to him, announcing your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Unfortunately, Zacharias questioned the angel's glad tidings and was struck speechless. Not good for a preacher to be speechless. Anyway, the angel said, because of your lack of faith, you shall not be able to hear or speak until after your son was born. The son was born and became known as John the Baptist. 
Let's take some of Elizabeth's wisdom into today's life and remember to think about the great things God has done for you. Rejoice with others over great things God does in your lives and remain faithful to God. Choose to trust in his goodness even in the darkness when we see no sign of his love. We walk by faith, not by sight. Thank you, Elizabeth. What can we say about Mary, the mother of Jesus, that you haven't already heard, read, studied, or thought about many, many times? Thinking beyond the conception, beyond raising of our Savior, beyond the crucifixion, Mary herself never claimed to be or pretended to be anything more than a humble handmaiden of the Lord. God used her in extraordinary ways. She is portrayed in scripture only as an instrument whom God used in the fulfillment of his plan. She herself never made any pretense of being an administrator of the divine agenda, and she never gave anyone any encouragement to regard her as a go-between in the dispensing of divine grace. The lowly perspective reflected in Mary's Magnificat is the same simple spirit of humility that colored all her life and her character. Her life and her testimony point us consistently to hear to her son, Jesus Christ. He was the object of her worship. He was the one she recognized as Lord. He was the one she trusted for everything. Mary's own example, seen in the pure light of scripture, teaches us to do the same. Thank you, Mary. Now arrives Mary and Martha, the odd couple, meaning two people who handle life in contrasting ways. Sisters Mary and Martha certainly qualify. Take, for instance, another life situation, as their brother Lazarus lay seriously ill. Their brother died before Jesus arrived. So how did the two sisters react? As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she leaped up, rushed out the door, and ran down the road to meet the master. The ever-pensive Mary stayed in the house, waiting for the Savior until the word arrived that the teacher has come and is calling for her. Joining Jesus outside of town, Mary could only fall at his holy feet and declare her faith. These two sisters show us two ways of managing life. Each way has its own benefits. Martha definitely got things done, but don't miss the importance of spending time in the Mary mode, waiting on the Lord. When we choose to spend time out of sight and close to Jesus, important things can happen. We read and study God's word. We linger in sweet prayer. We commit to memory favorites, favorite scriptures. We can meditate on the things of the Lord. Thank you, Mary and Martha. Lydia, the power of a woman seen when God chose to work through her in the following ways. She was a woman who re was required to meet outside of town to pray. She was a worshiper. Lydia believed in the God of Israel, but she had not yet become a follower of Jesus Christ. She was attentive listening to Paul talk about Jesus. She was a successful businesswoman, making and selling purple dye and purple cloth. There is nothing wrong or sinful with being successful in what you do. 
God blessed Lydia with the ability, creativity, and a strong work ethic, just as he has other women who love him. Thank you, Lydia. Before, before we leave our survey of remarkable lives of a sampling of such women of faith, let's look back again at these precious women who loved God and were, walked with him, women who were honored to wear God's glorious crown of faith and grace. Gaze again at these women and their journey with God as recorded in God's permanent record book, the Bible. Eve fell in sin, but went on to walk with God. Sarah followed where God led her husband. Rebecca prayed to God for a child. Miriam, a faithful sister and fellow leader of God's people. Ruth, sought the best for Naomi and herself, and in the end, both were blessed. Esther was the queen of courage. Elizabeth was righteous even in the midst of trials. Mary, blessed among women, the mother of the Messiah. Mary and Martha loved Jesus each in their own unique ways. Lydia shone brilliantly in the shadows of humble service. Please pray with me. Lord, make our lives a pattern of remarkable accomplishment for the good of others and for your glory. May we stand tall with these women of old and be a tribute to your remarkable mercy and grace that is given to all those who call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. Just a minute.